So we're going to talk a little bit about a policy, a unit trust investment and a retirement annuity because a lot of people don't know the difference. I must be honest, I'm not very clear on on what it is. Uh, A unit trust investment seems to me to be kind of a a, a package of a couple of things that you're investing in in one go. A policy, I guess, is something that you pay into and then it pays out at some point. And a retirement annuity seems to be the same thing as a policy. So for me and people like me who are not quite clear or, or think they are all the same thing, Christian Vessels is going to shine light on the matter and help me see the difference. Christian is a certified financial planner. He's with Futurum Financial Group. They operate in Paul and Poch of Struum. Christian, thank you for taking the time to be with us. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you. So, Christian, tell us a little bit about what people are really talking about when they talk about policies, investments, and then also what are the different tax implications, you know, when you have to think about a policy, a unit trust, and a retirement annuity? Yes, I think, uh, first of all, when people say they have a policy, most of the time they think it's something that will pay out uh, fund value. It's something that has a fund value, well, well, in effect, um, it's actually more something that will pay out when a certain event happens in terms of a policy. So when you die or get a severe illness or disability or something like that, whereas investment is something that has a fund value that you can access at any point in time. And uh, it's usually a retirement annuity is something that will pay out uh, at age 55. And in terms of uh, tax implications, uh, usually policies that has a life uh, cover value to it, which means it will pay out when you usually when you die. Um, that would usually fall into your estate, and there can be a 20 to 25 percent uh, tax implication on on that uh, value of the policy of your life policy. Whereas a retirement, something like a retirement annuity, um, there are certain tax benefits that you will get if you contribute to the annuity, uh, which is the good for someone that has a tax problem and a unit trust investment usually you will get taxed on your on your interest or your capital gain made in that year but there are c- certain exemptions in terms of the interest earned and also the capital gain made so i think the message i'm trying to convey to the, to the listener is that there's there's a difference if you say you have a policy it's usually something that that you took out and it will pay out in a certain event, whereas a retirement annuity or unit trust investment is something that has a fund value to it. And uh, you can access that at, at any point in time, usually. And what kind of tax implications go with a, a unit trust investment? Well, with a unit trust investment, there's usually um, interest earned for, for the financial year and also capital gain made. Now, the capital gain gets triggered if you sell off units um, or or if you do fund switches. And also the the interest earned for that year in the unit trust investment, uh, you will need to pay tax on that. And that's why people usually request their tax certificates, IT3C and IT3B uh, from the advisors or from the investment company uh, to see what what the interest component was for the year. Uh, but you you have a rebate of about 20, 24,000 rand a year on interest.
So that, that's the tax implications. So, so what you're saying is the first 24,000 is tax-free? Interest, yes. Okay, and then after that? After that, you will get taxed on the interest according to your marginal income tax rate. So if you're on a, in a 45% tax bracket, you will pay 45% on any interest earned above 24,000 rand. It's actually 23,800, but for all purposes, let's talk about uh, 24,000 rand. Okay. So now the, the unit trust uh, seems to be something that you can access at any time as opposed to a policy which, as you say, is linked to an event. Yes, so uh, like I said, a policy pays out when a certain event happens, like death. Uh, policy is usually very effective in terms of uh, getting your liquidity right in your estate or leaving behind some cash for dependents or when you're in a, a business partnership to buy out shares and so forth. Uh, a unit trust, you will usually make a lump sum contribution. You can make a monthly contributions to your unit trust. Um, and you get, get access to that unit trust whenever you want to get access to, to the fund value. You can make a withdrawal from that unit trust um, as it suits you. Usually, you would have a term coupled to that unit trust. Let's say you say you have an outlook of five years. Um, then you usually want to, that investment to run for five years before you do something with that money. A unit trust is also usually, a unit trust investment is usually also for a specific goal. So you're saving to put down the deposit on a house or your unit trust can form part of your retirement planning. Um, so, But I think the important thing from a unit trust perspective is you have access to that capital at any point of time when an, if circumstances change. Now, can a unit trust only be taken out in a personal capacity? No, well, a unit trust investment can be taken out in a, in a, in a trust if you have a trust. You can take it out in a trust name. If you have a company, the company can take out uh, a unit trust investment. Uh, so basically, a unit trust investment is just something that is made up of a few funds um, and uh, which you have access to. So it can be taken out in a, in a personal capacity, company, or trust. And what kind of tax implication uh, does it have when you, you deal with it from a company perspective? Is it the same as for personal? No, no. So it's, it's not the same. For a company, you, you won't get your rebate, the 24,000 rand interest-free uh, rebate. Uh, a company would, would then pay tax your regular 28% on, on interest and, and so forth and the capital gain. So it's a, different, it's a totally different tax calculation that you need, that you need to do. And do unit trusts only do they only operate uh, domestically, or can you take it out in a different market? Yes, so you can you can take out a unit trust investment in, uh, in, in domestically, like in South Africa, where your, your investment would be don- denominated in rands. But also, uh, you can take out uh, investment in directly offshore in dollars or pounds or euros and so forth, uh, which is quite common these days uh, to take out a bit of money to diversify your risk and to take out a bit of money directly offshore. Uh, So you can do it domestically and also internationally. And and the tax is is the same as you explained earlier, 24,000, and then after that, 
um, it works. Yes. Well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, but in terms of estate duty, you might run into complications when you have a direct offshore investment. Uh, there's different estate duty implications. Should you should you pass away, um, you just need to take it out in the right uh, vehicle um, because there can be a 40% where in South Africa your estate duty, your assets will usually fall between 20 and 25% estate duty, but if you have an offshore investment, that can be up to 40% state duty that you need to, to pay. So it's important that you do the right uh, financial planning in terms out of a tax perspective when you do offshore investments. Okay. And then when it comes to um, retirement annuities, especially with regards to the, um, what is the essence of the retirement annuity? How do they work differently to the unit trusts? So retirement annuity is a totally different uh, investment from a, from a unit trust investment perspective. Your retirement annuity gets used to usually get a, a, a better tax advantage. So you get a, you, everything that you contribute to the retirement annuity. Twenty-seven, you're allowed to contribute twenty-seven and a half percent of your taxable income per year, up to a maximum of three hundred fifty thousand rand per year. Um, and you can fully deduct that contribution out of a tax perspective. Um, and you only get access to that retirement annuity at age 55, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing because that funds is earmarked for retirement specifically. Okay, so so it can't go longer than that, or it could go longer than that? You can, you, you can keep it as long as you want to but you only get access to that capital, the first option, at age 55. But you can leave it up until whenever you retire. And all the contributions that you made, even if it is past uh, age 55, you will still get the tax advantage. Okay, so there's an, so you don't get taxed on the interest on your retirement annuity. Is that right? That's, that's absolutely correct. Any return earned in your retirement annuity or pension fund or provident fund, any interest earned or capital gain made there, um, it's totally uh, tax-free. Okay, so that sounds like a good deal. I mean, that sounds like that's kind of the way forward to plan for retirement is to go with an annuity because there's no no tax implication for you. Um, Now, what happens with your retirement annuity if you die before you can access it? Well, uh, luckily for, in terms of retirement annuity, retirement annuity, number one, won't fall in your estate. So you won't pay any estate duty on that. So that's that's, that's a very big advantage that you have there. And second of all, uh, no creditors can, can get access to that funds. And um, if you were to die, usually you would nominate a beneficiary of that retirement annuity, the, the trustees of the retirement fund at the end of the day will decide to whom it will go. Usually it is for the first dependent in line for a spouse uh, or children and so forth. And uh, they will just transfer that funds to, to that person. And uh, they will obviously have a, have a choice what to do with it, but uh, that's, that's a different discussion. Okay, but they, there's no estate duty payable on that. It will just be paid over to them uh, exactly as it as it is. Yes, that's correct. So that's 
obviously one of the big advantages of uh, of any pension money or retirement from a retirement annuity perspective is that that capital or that fund value it won't fall into your estate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, from your perspective as as a financial planner, um, what is the best way to plan for for retirement? Does it have to be only one vehicle, or do you kind of suggest you know an approach that has uh, a couple of options? So, I think it's uh, important you know to look at the whole package of a client in terms of the asset value that they have in the country. Um, do they earn any passive income that will facilitate them in retirement? But no, I don't think a retirement is is the only solution to your to your savings towards retirement. I think a combination of of a regular unit trust investment with a retirement annuity, uh, with some other vehicles that's available, is is probably the best the best way forward to to have a combination um, of of those vehicles. Now, do do you, you know? There's um, every once in a while I speak to a, a financial planner who gets very nervous about people who have not started saving at the age of twenty or planning for retirement mm. at the age of twenty-three. And I I always think personally, it's a little bit unrealistic to expect someone you know at that age to be so focused on what's going to happen to them when they're sixty. Um, so basically, I'm saying, do you have a different take on starting a bit later than that? Yes, I def- definitely have a different take on that. I think uh, people that's in their 20s shouldn't be as nervous as people that's supposed to in their 30s or 40s. Why? I say that because you need to look at risk. At the end of the day, the risk for you not saving enough up until age 60 or 65 when you want to retire when you are in your 20s, uh, is not that much because you have a lot of time you know, to contribute to, to retirement. So I think the biggest risk out of a young professional person or any working uh, person in their 20s is probably just to make sure that their income is insured. So should, should something happen to you, an accident or any illness or anything like that, you must make sure, first of all, that you have insurance in place to cover your income, uh, should you not be able to earn an income. Uh, and then after you've covered that, then you need to start looking at maybe saving something, putting something away for retirement, starting small. Uh, but I would generally say before you start saving for retirement uh, as a 20-year-old, just make sure you have an emergency fund in place as well. So when you say an emergency fund, what kind of, of, of emergencies uh, do you have in mind and what kind of numbers? Well, usually I'd say about in terms of numbers for emergency fund, uh, three months worth of salary. And uh, so if you're earning 20,000 rand a month, I'd say get, get your emergency fund up, up until about 60,000 rand and then start to maybe invest through other vehicles. Emergency fund would typically be for something if an emergency happens. So if you if you only have a hospital plan and you're going to the GP for the consultation fee and so forth, you can pay that out of your emergency fund. And also for, for general expenses, if unexpected expenses actually, like if your car break if your car breaks down or any emergency situation 
situation that happens, you can make use of that emergency fund. So it's always good to have a bit of fat bulk into your financial plan. So you have the comfort of knowing that you have cash available uh, should you pay for something. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was recently also reading an article which said that most South Africans, uh, a week after their salary has been paid, 75% of it is actually gone. Mm. So what kind of tips do you have for someone who wants to, for example, is listening right now and wants to start saving towards their their retirement or even towards an emergency fund, um, but there's just so little left at the end of covering all the basics? Uh, Would you, yeah, sorry? No, I think it's a very good question and it's something that, that we as financial planners get asked a lot of times, you know, what should I do if I don't have any money left um, at the beginning of the month when I need to pay all my expenses and so forth. But I mean, there's only so much you can do. I would say out of a practical point of view, make sure that your expenses in terms of luxury expenses and so forth is is minimalized. And also if you have debt in terms of uh, residence, if you have a primary residence, if you have some a vehicle financing, some credit cards, and so forth. Try to restructure that debt uh, as effective as possible. There are certain ways to get around it, but um, if you if you have food on the table, if you if you have a roof over your head, and you can go to work and back, uh, try to look out of that those expenses to see where you can cut. And um, if, if you don't have thousand rand, or if you don't have anything left after your needed your needs is paid, then it's you need to work around it. Um, at the end of the day, it's about monitoring your cash flow. It's about having a budget, knowing what you're going to pay when, and to see what's left. And, and then and pay everything and get to the end of the month and say that's what you're going to save. Save at the beginning of the month. And if you run into trouble, some cash flow problems, then, then you should have an emergency fund in place. Take some capital out of that. So I'd say if you have a good budget, you can monitor your cash flow, you know what your expenses are, then you have a pretty good idea if you can put something away or not. And if you can't, you can't. I mean, that's the reality of, of, of life. Uh, but maybe there would be opportunities for you down in down the line to, to put something away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when it comes to, to debt and consolidating debt, what is your advice on that? I'd say... Uh, pay off your the debt that it should artist. That's the most expensive. Usually that's uh, clothing accounts or your credit card. And if you maybe have vehicle finance and, and you have a mortgage bond, I'd say if you've already paid something into that bond, uh, go and loan against that bond and pay off your, your car with that finance because you, you most probably have cheaper finance through carrying for, through your uh, mortgage bond or so, and uh, yeah, so I think that would be my advice is to pay off the debt that that's the most expensive, and uh, usually your primary residence or your mortgage bond would be you get that at that lowest uh, interest rate. Interest rate. So right. I go and loan again. I'll, mm. I'll go mm. and gear my myself against my primary residence. So, Christian, thank you very much for, for taking the time. I've, I've certainly, certainly learned quite a bit there. I mean, who knew retirement annuities uh, 
basically had no tax on them. I think that was very, very eye-opening for me. If any of our listeners want to learn more, get some more information, do you have a website or how do they get in touch with you? I think the easiest would be to, to send me an email at uh, christian at ffg.co.za or I think what would be more convenient is just to find me on LinkedIn, Christian Vessels. Uh, you, you see me there up, up in LinkedIn and you can send me a, a message over, over LinkedIn. Christian, thank you so much. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be doing that. But thank you so much for, for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you very much and have a good evening. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye.